Welcome back in the morning hookup. It's a Monday. Happy MLK Day out there. Uh, you know, reflecting out there today. Funny, during the break, Will and I were just kind of chatting up, talking about segments and whatever we talk about. is like, usually we have Evan. And he goes, oh, I'll get Evan. There's a lot that happens behind these mics when, uh, when we cut them off for breaks. A lot we can't talk about. Also, shout out to all our little listeners out there today. You got great, you got great pops. They know exactly where to turn the station on to when you're off from school, right? They know exactly what you should be doing, taking care of the youth of today. All right, you ready? Time ready. to bring in our guy. We got him, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald. Evan, happy Monday. Hey guys, happy Monday. How's it going? We're good. Good. How was the weekend? Did you get, Did you get a lot of football watching done? I did as a as a Broncos fan. It was all as an impartial observer. So I'm you know bring on all the close games and the the late drama and all that. Yeah, it was it was fun. I um, always thought this as whatever fan and your team's not in it. Let's say you don't make a bowl game or you're not in the playoffs. Uh, do you love to see pain from other teams because you're feeling the same way? It's like <laughs> oh yeah, take that San Diego. Take that, I mean Chargers. T- not San Diego, but take that Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and that game specifically, like I'll be honest, I turned it off and and watched a movie, and I I didn't circle back till the end. I mean, I thought it was twenty four nothing. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time with this tonight. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence is looking like dog poo and and everything else. And I mean, I was shocked. Like, did I did a legitimate double take uh, at the very end? It was like, you're kidding me. They came back. I mean, you can't. You can't script that kind of thing. Maybe you can, but it doesn't seem like you can. Um, and yeah, I mean, the NFL it just—it's—it's it's amazing. Every every week, every game, it seems like has a chance to go down to the wire and the the margin for error and, and the difference. And a lot of these games, I mean, it's it's literal inches or one play here or there. And there's just uh, you know, it's the rich getting richer, man. I mean, people keep tuning in and. Popularity soaring, and, and business is awfully good right now in the NFL. Isn't it funny how many times in your lifetime so far that you can say that, like the number of people that did exactly what you did, ah, uh, this is done, you know what, let's maximize our night, let's watch a movie or whatever, and you turn it back. Like, I don't know how many times in my life I can go, what, what, okay, you, no, that didn't happen, and I'm so mad that I missed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I, I watched some of the highlights afterwards and whatever, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it just didn't seem possible. The way that that game was going and, and the time, the situation and all that, um, and they and they flip it. And, and the other night, I mean, last night, watching Ravens-Bengals, and t- I tuned in uh, early fourth, right, when they had that, that critical fumble that was returned 98 yards, and it was just like, okay, I mean, this is crazy. First of all, how was Baltimore in this thing? I didn't give them much of a chance personally with Lamar Jackson being out, and and the way that uh, you know that that thing flipped on its head there late was just you know your your jaw drops, um, and it's it's just great. And you look ahead even to next week, and there's so many more great games. Great game tonight, I think, is interesting too. Um, mm-hmm. There's just no shortage of it, man. It's 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 great stuff. Yeah, what do you? Where, which where are you going tonight? I was telling Hooks, I think tonight's game is probably the hardest to pick out of all of them, just because. Cowboys had a uh, you know an underwhelming end to the regular season, and of course the the Bucks haven't been great. But is Brady going to Brady tonight? Which way are you going? Yeah, I mean, it, if you look at that game, and it was somebody other than a quarterback named Tom Brady on the other side, I think it's an easy pick for Dallas personally. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Bucks win a bad division, and uh, I think sub five hundred record, right, eight and nine, something like that, and. 
Um, so, you know, I, I would normally pick the Vikings with ease. I think the Brady factor does give you some pause to say, man, is he is he setting us up here? You know, it's this little rope-a-dope type of situation. I, I still think Dallas gets it done. Um, you know, you got to be able to run the ball at least a little bit in the playoffs. I think they have shown they can do that pretty well. But, you know, Dallas has their little stigma too, right? Like playoff failures, and there's this, it's almost more a sense of dread among their fans than it is like a sense of, hey, we could actually do something positive. So both of the, both of the teams have their own sort of like intangible baggage. But, uh, I, you know, I think in the end, I'm still going to go with Dallas. Again, we're talking to Evan Blanham, Hot World Herald. Uh, Evan, let's jump into some Husker football action. Uh, boy, we're getting there. Winter conditioning starts this week. Sounds like there was a team meeting and maybe a parent meet and greet uh, over the weekend um, and some of the suspects that might be in there. One, we caught word last week that Xavier Betts, what, he went in the portal, probably to gain interest from Nebraska, but it sounds like he is making that step and possibly uh, apparently he was at the team meeting, confirmed by his mom that he was there. Uh, talk about Betts. Hopefully the young man has got everything straightened out and, he, and he's healthy for whatever he was going through. Uh, but what it could mean for Nebraska to have Xavier Betts back on their roster. Yeah, it's a big deal uh, You know, for a lot of reasons. I think you, you have to start just from a personal perspective. This is a guy who left the team of his own volition in March by all accounts. It, it just football wasn't sort of the, the burning ambition for him. He was ready to move on. Um, and, and so he left school and left the team. And so to have him back and, and, and be motivated by that and be back in school, I think just personally you have to be happy for a kid like that mm-hmm. to, to sort of uh, refocus and get things back to rewants. But, yeah, I mean, from a football perspective, the talent was never in doubt. I mean, he was a four-star kid out of high school, if you remember his recruiting process uh he was really popular early on got a lot of uh, power five offers especially regionally and then that sort of uh, quieted as his uh, academics sort of came into play late and you know you talk to people around him his his coach i mean even even has told us like his academic issues that were never uh because of intelligence it was more just because of an effort type of thing so you get a kid who is motivated to come back, who who has that talent. You know, we'll see what what kind of shape he's in, uh, having not been in a program here for close to a year. But you know, he has the speed that that Matt Rule uh, is looking for in recruits that Nebraska has seen firsthand uh, with some game breaking type situations, and it's at a position at receiver that, quite honestly. It's still a position of need for Nebraska. When you look at uh, their their guys coming back that are proven producers, you, you look at Marcus Washington, Alante Brown, but beyond that, um, it, it's sort of a, a wide open, unproven room. I mean, they bring in Joshua Fleeks, uh, you know, from Baylor. They bring in Billy Kemp out of Virginia, who who has the potential, I think, to be a number one. But you also bring back Betts now. Uh, it, it appears he's on track to, to you know, be back with the team here moving forward. And again, he has that kind of speed that you can't teach. He, uh, even in 2021, was one of their best receivers out there. And if you can get him in a situation where he's, uh, you know, on the straight and narrow and where he can be developed as a person and as a player, I mean, the sky is still the limit. So uh, I think there's a lot, uh, a lot has to happen between now and then, and you have to temper your expectations a little bit. But Again, that kind of uh, clay, so to speak, you don't have every day to mold. And so just for Nebraska to have him back and have a chance to um, you know, build on that is a pretty exciting 
uh, prospect. We're talking to Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. So we were all excited that Walter Rouse uh, transferred from Stanford, offensive lineman. We were all excited because he was committed to Nebraska and he was going to be here. But on Saturday, we got news that he was flipping to Oklahoma. Uh, Just a wild turn of events. Give me your reaction on that situation and why you think and how it all happened that now he's a he's a sooner. Hmm. <laughs> we so know you, we know how it happened. <laughs> so I told you I did two double takes, or I did a double take this week with the the Jaguars score. So I did two double takes, and the other one was the Walter Rouse flip uh, when he announced that on social media. Uh, did not see that one coming, to, to be honest. I mean, I, I talked to him the day before he committed for a story about coming to Nebraska, and at that point. He was already talking about the Huskers uh, saying, we, you know, we are going to have a big 2023 and we are going to bounce back. Um, You know, he talked about being blown away by his visit and how the coaches laid out, uh, you know, his film and how he could get better and and improve uh, his NFL stock. And so to go from that point on whatever day it was early last week to saying that, that he's all in with Oklahoma um, yeah, I mean it's it's an it's an abrupt turn. It's a it's a 180. Uh, obviously, a lot of a lot of thought and speculation that NIL and, and money has uh, something to do with it, and, and I it, that's that's probably true. I don't I can't confirm that either way. Um, sometimes people you know change their minds. Maybe he heard something. Maybe there was a family uh, decision that went into that. Maybe he looked closer at the rosters. I don't know, but uh, it is a, a, a kind of a cold reminder about the. The environment of college athletics now, where um, you know it, loyalty is is hard to come by, or, or commitments are hard to come by. And, and again, you can't fault a kid, any kid, for wanting to go to where he can make more money and have a better opportunity. But it does sort of it's sort of jarring, right? Because you think about decommitments in high school and and signing day flips and things like that, and and we're sort of used to that, um, but we're not as much used to, especially in this still new era of the transfer portal somebody who's been in a college for four years and is in their early 20s, and they have a have a change of heart that drastic. So, you know, it's a reminder that even though Nebraska can put out a cool graphic and, and announce him officially, like he's not, if you're out of the portal, you're not officially in until you, you're enrolled in classes and you're, you know, you're going down that road. So uh, tough break for Nebraska. I think ultimately if you want a, a silver lining for Nebraska fans, it would have been a one-year deal, right? Like he, he only had one year of eligibility left. Uh, I think it would have been interesting to see if he had stayed at left tackle, what they could have done with Turner Corcoran, Teddy Prochaska, who mm-hmm. who had played there um, last year. But you know, Nebraska moves on, and um, you know, ultimately uh, the, the task remains the same, and that's to recruit offensive linemen and defensive linemen out of high school and develop them, and and really start to get this thing rolling um, and build a foundation out of high school recruiting, and not necessarily the portal. Evan, I was uh, wondering what it's like for for you guys. You're writing these great articles. You got to commit. Uh, you hear, I mean, the articles like they check the all this stuff, and then you guys look up and have to pivot. Is there like a sense of frustration, or it's like, oh no, now I got to scramble? Sorry, sorry, family, I got to step outside for a minute. Like I just, <laughs> I can't imagine that at times for you guys. Yeah, this time of year, like, I mean, first of all, it's amazing how much college athletics has changed in the last five years, right? Like Mm -hmm. with the portal and and NIL and and free one-time transfers, all this stuff. But yeah, there's no doubt, like the last two years for sure, I pretty much know when the season ends, (laughs) the month of December and half of January, like I got to be sort of on call, like at all times. And 
Uh, we're not quite out of the woods yet there. I think you kind of get to the 23rd next uh, next week as sort of that date when transfers have to be uh, set. And, then, and so that sort of calms things down for a while. And then you get to February 1st signing day. And things calm down a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. Like, I, I, there are events that I'll go to that I just – I know i got to bring my – my stuff, my laptop with me just in case. And you got to check on, you know, check on things even on a Sunday um, just to make sure things are kind of where they are. But that's just sort of the nature of, of the beast. I, I think that maybe the most unfortunate part for fans and, and sort of media as well, I suppose, would be, you know, I, I enjoy writing features on guys and, and, and helping people get to know their stories. And so I think the tough part is just when you get to know somebody after like a year, hey, they're gone, right? They, they move on, and you got to get to know somebody else. So I, I feel bad for fans that have really connected maybe with players over the years where you're in the system for three, four years. You get to know their stories. You can root for them personally. I think it's a little bit harder to do that when you have so much roster turnover in college athletics all the time. You know what Evan just described about leaving the house is what every young parent does. Do you have all the stuff we need in the bag before we leave? Because it can't be left without it. Yeah, and then I have a couple young kids, so it's, yeah. it's like double backpack duty. I've done that before. You know, one over each shoulder, or you just put on one and you hold the other one. Um, yeah, you get creative with like how you how you fit your luggage into the car, <laughs> and it's awesome. Sorry, I just the parent thing because it doesn't matter how many kids because uh, I mean, you have a couple, right? And it doesn't matter like when you're on road trips with the kids. It you feel like when you're packing to go on a road trip, you never have enough room. It's the craziest thing with one, two, or three kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean you got like the the pack and play. That's always the the big <laughs> one. The, the one thing I the one thing I've learned about traveling with kids though is not to stay at a hotel, especially if you're young kids. Because your kids go down at like whatever seven or eight or whatever mm-hmm. time people put their kids down, and like you can't really there, there's no dividing room. Nope. So it's like, well, you're you're all going to bed at eight, like unless you're hanging out in the bathroom with your wife, like that's that's kind of your only option at that point. <laughs> well, going to bed early isn't a bad thing every now and then. Uh, we're talking to Evan Bland. Evan, I wanted to ask you about our new wide receiver coach, Garrett McGuire. Uh, you know, he's 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 got an impressive resume coming right out of college and getting a job in the NFL. But, of course, the, the, the thing that everyone's thinking about is, you know, a kid this young, he's, he's about to turn 24, and he's going to be coaching, you know, kids right around his age. It's obviously kind of a weird thing to think about. But, I mean, what what are you thinking about uh, McGuire? Why do you think he's a, he's a good fit for Rule's staff? Well, I mean, I, all I can go off of right now is what everyone has said about him. I haven't met Garrett McGuire personally. I'm sure we'll get the chance to do that at some point this spring. But, you know, by all accounts, he's a guy who is a football lifer. Obviously, his dad, Joe, he's the head coach at Texas Tech. So he grew up around lock, in locker rooms and around the game and uh, played at Baylor as a backup quarterback and and has been at Carolina now for a couple of years as, as sort of their equivalent of a, of a graduate assistant. So you know you hear about uh, his personality being really being really bright, being really outgoing. You hear about uh, just how deeply how deep his knowledge goes of the game. I mean, I think I heard something about like how he he kind of tinkers with with developing his own offense. Um, so you know it's 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 definitely unique. He's one of, if not the youngest, Power Five assistant coaches out there right now and, and you, you hear all the comparisons about guys like Lincoln Riley or Lane Kiffin or, or whoever who who got similar opportunities at similar ages and they took off and and, and maybe that's Garrett McGuire's future I mean who knows how that goes but I think in the in the immediate term it'll be fascinating to see 
how that looks because he, like we mentioned earlier with the wide receiver group, that's a young, new group in a lot of ways. So how does he sort of come in and, and leave his stamp on that? Because he's a lot different than the position coach they had last year with Mickey Joseph and in, in how he is going to approach things and his experience and uh, his demeanor and all that. So, um, you know, I talked to a couple guys, at least one in the portal, who, who chose not to go with Nebraska because he didn't want to be coached by somebody that young. So I think you fight that on the one end. I think that's going to be something he'll have to prove on the recruiting trail, too. Like, that's going to be uh, uh, the sort of thing that other schools can can try to recruit against and, and hold against Nebraska in that way. Um, but, again, he'll have his chance to come in and, and to prove what he can do. And um, by all accounts, uh, again, he's as driven, it sounds like, as they come. He's young. He's got – a lot of ambition uh, to, to show what he can do, and he's going to get a major opportunity. It'll be interesting to see where it goes for Garrett McGuire in Nebraska. Uh, Evan, you know, I, I know a lot of people do this. Obviously, Coach Rule, and he was going through his and filling the staff, and we're all in, intrigued about learning the new, you know, the new guys. Where are they from? What do they run? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? But as you look on that list as well, there's one gentleman that continues uh, to be an integral part of Nebraska football, and it's Coach Ron Brown. You look down there, and there he is again. He's there and, uh, you know, uh, spent some time other places but continues to be on a lot of staffs. What do you think it is about Coach Brown? And um, I know it's got a lot to do with the young men and, and the process of which he likes to develop them in a lot of different ways. But, man, there he is again. He'll be a part of this staff according to, you know, the roster of, of staff members. Yeah, I know he's still listed now. We'll see, I guess, how that continues. I think they are still working through things. But there's no doubt. I mean, Ron Brown – uh, I mean, he's he's been with Nebraska pretty much longer than uh, anybody in the football offices at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think he connects with Matt Rule and his staff in a lot of ways. They're they're both very faith based, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. something Ron Brown's really uh, built a reputation on. He, he's always broken down the the post game prayer and, and done that um, done that as well. So I think he and and Matt Rule and company on the same page in that regard but um, yeah I mean and, and you look at coach Brown I mean it really he looks like exactly the same way he looked in the 90s to me he, yeah, he, he uh, he's got some good genes because he he doesn't look like he's aged all that much if at all he's, he's out there he's got a passion for developing uh, you know young men and, and, and young people and and still has a, a love for football you know you remember uh, at the end of 2021 when he filled in as uh, running backs coach there at the end of the year so like he's 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 got a love clearly for the game for nebraska and um you know that's a guy who's easy to root for and and you would hope he'd continue to stick around and and make an impact on people moving forward uh evan one more before we get you out of here you know we have to ask because you look up you go to there and you look at the timing of stuff we're uh, approximately 32 days 10 hours 15 minutes and counting away from nebraska baseball's <laughs> season opener out who's in counting? San Diego. Who's counting? I don't know. But it's exciting because you get inside that around that month time frame and you start thinking about it and what they're up to right now. Yeah, you do. I mean, they're they're starting to work out a little bit. I think team activities uh, really begin in earnest uh, at the end of next week. But, yeah, they're, they're beginning the slow ramp up to heading out to San Diego and then you got South Alabama and that, that sort of SEC invitational uh, with the Big Ten in, in Minneapolis after that. And, you know, I think that that really does place a sense of urgency on getting this thing figured out because those first three weekends 
are huge for setting RPI levels and figuring out what you have. Uh, you know, in my opinion, the home schedule this year is is one where you just need to rack up a lot of wins. I think their their time on the road, especially this first few weeks of the year, is where you're really going to do a lot of the heavy lifting for your postseason resume. So when you talk about flipping essentially half the roster, uh, you know, you went through fall ball, kind of, but you didn't even do that on your own field because Haymarket was getting renovated. So you played around at different ballparks, and now is the chance, and now's the time to start assigning roles a little bit. you got to start hammering out your, your rotation, who's going to be uh, in the lineup, especially maybe those last four or five spots in the lineup. How's that going to look? You'd really like to be as close to hitting the ground running as you possibly can be. Uh, they're also still in the process of trimming the roster to where it needs to be. I mean, they entered the new year with, with 46. They need to get down to 39. So there are some decisions and conversations that will have to be made so some of those players can maybe catch on with the junior college program or whatnot as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, there's a lot of, I think, urgency to, to getting things rolling here. Um, and, again, yeah, you, you have a handful of weeks to do that. They're getting ready. I know it's maybe not at the at the center of, of people's minds right now with all the football um, activity and, and basketball season really in the swing of things here. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, and I think historically, you look at Nebraska baseball, you can tell pretty early on those first maybe mm-hmm. months of the season what kind of team they're going to have. And now's the time you, you really put that together, um, you know, for that early stretch run. Well, Evan, hey, man, thanks for hanging out with us on this uh, holiday Monday. And uh, we appreciate your time, man. Take care of yourself and get ready for some snow, I guess. Yeah, sounds fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Evan. Evan Blaine, Omaha World Herald, right there. Always good stuff. Go check him out on the Omaha World Herald. Uh, we're going to take another break. We come back. We'll wrap up a fast-moving first hour.